Good morning. morning. Greetings. We're glad you're here today. Great is our faithfulness. Thank you, Nibby, for uh, reminding us that his faithfulness is truly great. Welcome you here today. We're glad that you're here and uh, hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way today. And we welcome our guests especially. We have a, a number of guests with us this morning and we hope that you'll feel very much a part of our uh, family and our fellowship here as we worship God together. Uh, a few announcements I'd like to call to your attention. First of all, let me remind everyone of the attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask you, if you would, uh, to please fill that out as completely as you can uh, so we can have a record of your attendance with us today. Um, <clears throat> and also, please uh, put your, your address and phone number on there because we need to make sure we have accurate information for our church directory that we're working on. Uh, we've done the photos, and now we're working on the uh, the uh, copy that's in there, so we want to make sure we have all the accurate information. So please put your uh, phone number and your address in there because sometimes we get old information and we don't want to put old information in a new book. So we would appreciate it if you would do that. I have some announcements to make. Uh, Sybil, I think we're Sybil. There she is. It's that time of year again. Um, we are going to um, do some sprucing up outside Friday morning from 9 to noon, Saturday morning if we need to from 9 to noon. We're going to be doing some landscaping, laying some mulch, pulling weeds, trimming shrubs. Got some trees in the back that need to be cut down, some dead trees, um, and we're going to try and paint the shed. So anyone who has not already signed up on a sign-up sheet, as a volunteer, if you're interested and you haven't signed up yet, please get in touch with me or Jerry Wagner, and we'll be glad to plug you in someplace. Thank you. Thank you, Sybil. Uh, Nine to noon here on Friday and Saturday, and uh, and from 12 to 5, we're coming to the pastor's house to take care of that. <laughs> Had to try. <laughs> Okay, I think our youth have an announcement. Oh, gosh. Look at this. Um, on June 30th, the youth are doing a Hawaiian luau immediately following church. And we are going to have a prize for the best Hawaiian luau outfit. And I'm sure we'll be doing luau or dancing contests or whatever those are, limbo. And also we're doing a pie auction before the dinner. So if any of you guys want to sign up to bring a pie. Nathaniel, or any kind of dessert. Or any kind of dessert. <laughs> we, we really don't care. Um, we're, me and Nathaniel are going to be over there at the end of church. So you can just swing by. Put your name down. You don't have to say what you're bringing. Just yeah, we've got something. some pretty interesting. We've got question marks, something good, famous coconut cake, something, a lot of blanks. Go for it. <laughs> what? Oh, this is for the youth. Um, we're just fundraising for Florida and for other missions that we plan on doing. So we hope to see you all there. Thank you. Hey, wow, man. <laughs> uh, 
A few other announcements. As we are, we've been speaking about uh, the work day on uh, Friday and Saturday, speaking of um, trustee-type things and house and grounds, building and grounds-type thing, I want to say thank you to Tim Hall for uh, placing a tree um, outside. You, you may notice out near our, our playground there's a tree that has been placed out there, been planted back there in memory of Cindy Hall. So I want to thank Tim and his family for uh, placing that tree there. It's a... It's a beautiful reminder to us of, of Cindy, and, and it's great to look out my back window and see that. Uh, also coming up next Monday, Vacation Bible School. We, we got all of our volunteers lined up, right? <laughs> we got goodies here. We, we do need more volunteers. I was teasing about that. We do need volunteers, so please see Mary about that. And, and there are some a list of goodies that uh, you can bring, uh, pool noodles and balls and all sorts of things there. So... Uh, please see Mary about that. This Wednesday, we will be having our simple summer suppers. Uh, and uh, I think this week we're having hot dogs and brats and chips and things like that. And then afterwards, we'll be having our Bible study time. And we've been talking about prayer uh, the past few weeks, and we'll be continuing that. Uh, and this week's uh, topic will be petition and hope. And one other thing that I want to call to everyone's attention, and that is that um, Valeda Barber has been working very, very hard, uh, and she's finally come to a great milestone. Uh, she has completed her work to get her high school diploma, and we'll do that on Tuesday. She will get that on Tuesday. The ceremony will be Tuesday evening at South Middle School. And congratulations, Valeda. We celebrate with you. I should have told you while you were standing up to greet each other in the name of the Lord. So stand up again and greet each other.
seated. Our responsive reading for today is titled Stillness. Sometimes it's hard to be still, and it's something that we don't do enough of. So let us be still and be in the presence of God. Quietly we come to you in prayer. During this hour, we want to be still and know that you are God. Today we ask for a steadying, a refocusing, a reshaping of our lives. Let us meet you at the deepest places of our hearts. May our breath move in and out as one with yours. Amen. We'll be reading Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Amen. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Big crowd. Can I sit down here with you, Gracie? Thank you. Mark, you gonna help me up? Good morning. Good morning. Crisscross applesauce. You can't crisscross. Well, I wanted to share something with you. Check this out. Isn't this cool piece of wood? Isn't that neat? It's kind of nicked up, but that's okay. I think I'm going to make it into a box. What do you think that piece? What do you, what do you, what do you see in that piece of wood? It's wood? Yeah, it's wood. It's actually redwood. It's about, it's about, well, it's kind of reddish tint. It's uh, 40 years old. You know what this came from? Our deck up in Louisville. Okay, so instead of throwing the wood away, I went ahead and I recycled it. So do you see anything in this wood? No, I mean, what do you think you can do with that piece of wood? You can make it into a box. You can make it into a box, okay. Well, you know, somebody, here, get this. Somebody, 
Somebody in this congregation saw something else in this. You know what it is? He saw in this piece of wood a box. Isn't that a cool box? It's the same piece of wood. I, I wanna, I wanna, I'm, I'm going to let this person stand up. Not that you know him, but his name is Vince Davis. Does everybody know Vince Davis? Vince, would you raise your hand for me, please? He's, he's the culprit that made that box. Isn't that amazing? See, through, through, through time and talent, you can create really cool things. What's in the box? Well, take it funny you should ask. Come here, sugar. Come around here. I'm going to let you drop this cork. Come around here. Come all the way around. There. Awesome. Would you do me a favor? It's actually a bank. Drop it in that spot. <gasps> oh! Holy smoke. Now see, with time and talent, that man devised that critter. Isn't that funny? That's awesome. I highly recommend that you get to know Vince. Because <laughs> and you know what, guys, here, let's, let's think about this. Do you know why people take the time to do that? Because they love you guys, okay? And they love you a lot. And here, case in point, you know what Kelsey and Jake and Mary did yesterday? Because they loved you so much? You know what they did? They went out to the playground and they painted the playground again. <laughs> and you know what else they did? They put they put out they they weeded everything and then they turned around and got it all organized and 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 they did that because they love you. I tell you what, guys, would you would you do me a favor? Would you pray with me? Thank you. Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you very much for our wonderful children. May we all learn through the innocence of their eyes. We say this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can get my quarterback.
Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you today in asking you to guide us in all the things that we say and do and to direct us in all the manners that we should be directed in. We ask that you put it upon our souls to continue to take this church and carry it forward as we have in the past. We know that it is tough in this world to live and give all the money that we need to give to our churches. But we do need to have that in order to help us to find those who need you and to turn those heads around to face that. Guide us in all things we do today and be with us. For we pray in your name. Amen.
Thank you, choir. What a beautiful song. Welcome to this uh, Trinity Sunday of 2013. I guess tomorrow you can start taking down all of those uh, Trinity decorations that you've been putting up for this special day of the year. What, did you not put up any Trinity decorations? No? No? Well, we did. Look at, the, look at the, the decoration behind the choir here today. That was inspired by the Holy Trinity. Well, even if you didn't decorate this year, at least we know that, that the children have been counting down the days in anticipation of Trinity Sunday. I could just hear them now. Mommy, how many more days till Trinity Sunday? And I hope that each of you have gotten the gifts that you wanted this Trinity Sunday. I guess this may be the last time that we'll be able to sing all those beautiful Trinity carols that we've been singing this month. And, and some of you are already saying, why can't we just keep the spirit of Trinity Sunday all year long? Oh, you didn't give any Trinity presents this year? You didn't decorate your home? What? You mean that you didn't even know it was Trinity Sunday until you looked at the bulletin this morning? Okay, I'll have to admit that Trinity Sunday is not a very big event in the the average Christian's life. But did you know that Trinity Sunday isn't much fun for, for preachers either? Did you know that? And you know why? It's because each year on the Sunday after Pentecost, which is Trinity Sunday, we are given the task of us of explaining that which cannot be explained. God in three persons. That's what we're to do. Go figure. (laughs) About a hundred years ago, there was an American choreographer named Isadora Duncan who is considered by many to be the creator of modern dance. And on one occasion when she was asked about explaining the meaning of a performance that she had given, she said, if I could explain it, then I wouldn't have to dance it. And that's kind of the way I feel about Trinity, the Trinity. 
If there was a, a Trinity dance, I might be better off dancing the Trinity rather than trying to explain it. Wouldn't that be a sight? But one thing we can all agree on, the Trinity is a mystery. God manifests God's self in three forms, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Creator, the crucified one, and the comforter who lives within us. So what does it all mean? Well, it's a mystery. The best that we can do is to use metaphors to try to explain the Holy Trinity. And I like the metaphors that, that John Pavelko uses. He, he compares the Trinity to our current obsession with multitasking. And he points to some of the multitasking products that we like to use. For example, there is the three-in-one laser pointer stylus and ballpoint pen. The three-in-one pen allows you to work faster and easier, according to the ads. You can enter your data into your PDA with a stylus, and then you can rotate the top and sign a contract with a pen. And when your work is all done, you can use the laser to torment your dog. And then there's the three-in-one cooler, fan, and ionic air purifier. It'll cool your air through a, a water sprinkling system while at the same time refreshing the air, freshening the air by releasing negative ions. And it also uses a washable filter to purify the air from all of those microscopic particles that plague your allergies. And then finally, to put all your work into a hard copy, there's the Dell Photo All-in-One Printer. It'll make copies of your photos, it'll print, it'll fax, it'll scan, it'll photocopy all of your documents with a 50-page with a auto feeder. Dr. Pavelko asks, with all of these multitasking devices, why do we have such a hard time accept, accepting the notion that one God can exist in three persons? And you know, it's a good question. Why do we human beings ever think that we will, we will ever have the ability to understand the workings of God? Well, folks, if, we, if you really want an explanation of the Trinity, the best one that I've come up with, the best one uh, that I've run across, comes from the great mind of C.S. Lewis. And this is what he said. He said, an ordinary, simple Christian kneels down to pray, and he's trying to get in touch with God. But if he is a Christian, he knows that what is prompting him to pray is also God. God inside of him. But he also knows that all real knowledge about God comes through Jesus Christ, the man who was God. So you see what is happening here. God is the thing to which he is praying but God is also the thing inside of him which is pushing him to pray. And God is the road or the bridge along which he is being pushed. The whole threefold life of the three-being person or three-person being is actually going on in that simple act of prayer. Well, that's a good explanation of the Trinity, as good as we're apt to get. And yet, it's, it's still 
kind of hard for us to wrap our minds around. It's interesting that the word Trinity is never found in the Bible. Never found in the Bible. Now the formula, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, appears several times in the Bible, including the passage that we read today from Romans. But Paul doesn't try to explain the mystery in Romans. What he does is to show us its relevance to our lives, which is good because that's what we need anyway. We really don't need to understand the Trinity. What we need to do is to see how God in three persons helps us to live as disciples of Jesus Christ. And here's how Paul begins. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's stop right there. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now you may say, peace with God? I, I didn't know I was at war with God. Well, maybe you weren't. But a lot of people struggle with, with God without even knowing it. I want you to see a little 15-second video that demonstrates something interesting about dogs. We have that back in our audio-visual uh, booth back in the back. What did he do? He was trying to attack himself in the mirror. And you know, that's a pretty common occurrence. If, if you put a mirror next to, to many animals, they will immediately react aggressively, even attacking the mirror. Uh, you see, the image causes that animal to, to want to defend its territory. And scientists tell us that, that they do this because they lack a, a sense of an awareness of who they are. And so they don't, they're not aware that the image that they're seeing in the mirror is them. So they're truly, really trying to attack themselves. But the question is, why do these animals go into a fighting mode in the first place? And the answer is that it's in their DNA. It's a survival mechanism. And, and, and some of that same drive can be found in every human being. The most natural thing in the world is our instinct to survive. But unfortunately, that sometimes can cause us to lash out against someone, anyone who we may perceive to be a threat to us. But folks, let me tell you something. It is an amazing transition for us to be able to grow spiritually and emotionally enough to the point that we, are not, that we are able to regard every person as a brother or a sister in Jesus Christ and not a threat. But that kind of growth rarely comes without struggle. And that's part of what Paul would regard as our struggle with God. But when we're able to enlarge our ability to love, there comes with it a great deal of peace. And Jesus, the bridge builder between God and humanity and between 
people and their neighbors, Jesus is the one who brings us that peace. I read about an old saint who was dying and he was visited by a a friend who asked, have you made your peace with God? And the man said, no, I haven't. And so his friend said, well, you have to make peace with God. And the man said, I'm sorry, but I can't do that. And his friend said, but you have to. It's, It's important. Don't you know it's dangerous to die without making peace with God? And the man replied, but how can I make peace with God? My Lord made peace with me 2,000 years ago when he died on the cross, and I've accepted it, and I've had peace ever since. Well, folks, that's the work of Jesus Christ, peace. He laid down his life to reconcile us to one another and to God. He is the bridge that crosses that chasm between who we are and who God wants us to be. He brings us peace through his sacrifice. Winston Churchill was honoring members of the Royal Air Force who had guarded England during World War II, and he he recounted their their brave service and declared, "Never in history of in the history of mankind have so many owed so much to so few." In a similar sentiment appears on a a memorial plaque in Baston, Belgium. It commemorates the Battle of the Bulge, one of the the bloodiest conflicts of the war. And the inscription is in honor of the 101st Airborne Division right down here at Fort Campbell. And here's how it reads. It says, Seldom has so much American blood been shed in the course of a single action. O Lord, help us to remember. Well, folks, we need to remember the sacrifice of those soldiers, especially on this Memorial Day weekend. We need to remember what they have done on our behalf. It's important for us to do that. But it is even more important that we need to remember the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made to give us peace peace with ourselves and with our neighbors and with God. Paul writes, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he adds, And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Now sometimes Paul's a little hard to understand. What does he mean when he says we boast in the hope of the glory of God? Well, let me ask you something. Where's your hope? Where's your hope today? Is your hope in the stock market? Good luck with that. It's not bad right now, but who knows what's going to happen next week. Is it in the value of your home? We see how that can go up and down. How about your health? Is your hope in your health or in your youth, in your ingenuity, in in the political system, in the free market, in our health care system. My friends, be careful where you place your hope. And this, of course, is the joy of youth. Because when you're young, you have such a long horizon. You can dream dreams and make plans and come up with ideas with, and, and with a reasonable amount of luck, you'll be able to see them through. 
But as you get older, you realize that if you put your hope in, in any human construct, you're probably going to be disappointed. I heard about a, a feeble old millionaire who was confined to his bed with the infirmities of old age, and he pointed out the window at a teenager who was enjoying a conversation with a pretty young girl. And the man said, I wish I was as rich as he. The man's nurse turned to him and said, But I know his family. He has no job. His family has ten mouths to feed. He doesn't know if he'll go to, be able to go to college or not. And, and the old man said, Yes, but he has health and youth and hope. He is rich in all the things that money cannot buy. Most young people don't realize how rich they really are. Even, even when you're young, even when you're young, you're soon going to learn that even then there are limitations. Everyone who has ever lived has limitations. Some of us regard Albert Einstein as, as the smartest man who ever lived. But you know, when, when Albert Einstein died, he left an unfinished manuscript which was going to be his crowning achievement, his attempt to create a theory of everything. He was working on this, and, and it would be an equation that would unlock the secrets of the universe and perhaps even allow him to read the mind of God. But if he did discover those secrets, he died before he was able to pass those along. The night of his death, the newspapers printed a picture of his office with the unfinished manuscript on his desk. And the caption read that the greatest scientist of our era could not finish his greatest manuscript. You see, we all have our limitations. So where's your hope? By the way, Albert Einstein's desk makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> the director of a small medical clinic uh, told about a terminally ill young man who came in for his usually, usual treatment. But there's a new doctor on, uh, on staff there. It's his first time on duty, and he treated this young man and after he treated him, he casually and cruelly said, I guess you know that you won't live out the year. The young man left, and he stopped by the director's desk, and he wept, and he said, that man took away my hope. And the director replied, I guess he did. Maybe it's time to find a new one. And folks, that hope, that new hope that he was talking about is the only hope that's really worth having. And that's hope in God. You see, all of us have put our hope somewhere. And so the question is, why do we not invest our hope in that which is eternal? 
And so Paul speaks about the peace that Christ brings to us and the hope that God gives to us. And then he moves on to that third part of the Trinity saying that hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Christ brings us peace. God gives us hope and the Holy Spirit fills us with love. Every once in a while we hear about someone who reminds us of what life is all about. So I want to I tell you about a young man named Curtis. Curtis is a, a deeply religious man who, who worked in a supermarket where he fell in love with the, uh, uh, a co-worker, the checkout lady there named Brenda. And Curtis was attracted to Brenda and he, he asked her out and, and at first she refused saying that she was divorced and had two children, and, and she said she had baggage. But Curtis persisted, kept asking her out, and a date was arranged, and Curtis arrived at her, at her door. And, but Brenda met, her, met him at the door and canceled the date because the babysitter didn't show. So finally, Brenda let Curtis into her house to meet her two children. The little girl was cute as a bug. The little boy was in a wheelchair. He was a paraplegic. He had Down syndrome. And then Curtis said, why, why don't we all go out tonight? So they did. Well, time went by and Curtis became friends with the family, with the children. He, he learned how to properly lift the boy out of his chair so that he could go to the bathroom. And, and eventually Curtis and Brenda fell in love. They got married, had two children of their own. And today they are just as committed to one another as they were when they were young. Even though Curtis left the supermarket and he became one of the biggest football stars in America. Some of you probably have already figured out who I'm talking about. He's better known as Kurt, Kurt Warner, star quarterback for many years for the St. Louis Rams. He's retired from football today, but he hasn't retired from being a follower of Jesus Christ. And folks, if you were to ask Kurt Warner where he learned to love his family like he does, he would unashamedly tell you that it is through the Holy Spirit working in his life. Paul says to us, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So what's the Trinity all about? Well, I can't explain it to you like C.S. Lewis did. But I can tell you what it means in our life. Christ provides us with peace through the sacrifice, through his sacrifice on the cross. God gives us hope even in the darkest hours of our lives. And the Holy Spirit fills us with love. I can't explain what the Trinity is, but that's what the Trinity does. And it's my prayer for all of us that all of our lives will be filled with the peace and the hope and the love that God provides for us through the Creator, the Crucified One, and the Comforter. Amen. Let us sing our invitation hymn, The Solid Rock, number 406. There may be someone here today who would like to make a um, 
a commitment to Jesus Christ, to the Trinity, to God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, recognizing that you'll probably never understand that mystery altogether, but you do understand that God is at work in your life in all, in all these ways, bringing you peace and hope and love. If you would like that and have never made a commitment to Christ, we invite you to do that this morning. If you're looking for a church home to, to join and be a part of the fellowship and the work and the ministries, we invite you to come and unite with our church this morning. Perhaps you would like to, to, to pray. Maybe there's something burdening your heart that you would like some prayer for. We will pray with you. God's dealing in your heart in any way today. We invite you as we sing 406, The Solid Rock. Would you come? So let me invite you to sit, and uh, we'll invite our chairman of the deacons to come forward and make a special presentation today. Greg? Good morning. Today is a very special day. Let's look at Acts 6 together, please. During this time, as the disciples were increasing in numbers by leaps and bounds, the twelve called a meeting and said, it wouldn't be right for us to abandon our responsibilities for preaching and teaching the word of God to help with the care of the poor. So they chose seven disciples from among themselves, whom everyone trusted, men full of the Holy Spirit and good sense, and assigned them tasks, including prayer and speaking God's word. The congregation thought this was a great idea. Then they presented the seven to the apostles. Praying, the apostles laid on hands and commissioned them for their work as deacons and servants of God's word. Some qualifications of our deacons include being full of the Holy Spirit, wisdom, and faith, worthy of respect, sincere, temperate, trustworthy. Some commitments and practical duties of our deacons include ministry to others, being a good example to others and living out your faith, stewardship through attendance and continued training, a student of the Bible, loyalty, support of the pastor and staff, Christian service and leadership to the church. 
Today, we gather to recognize a particular deacon whose service to others has been exceptional for many years here at Community Baptist. Jim McElwain, would you please join me at the podium? The category of emeritus deacon honors those deacons who have given outstanding and loyal service to the church and the board of deacons. Jim will be be joining together with our brother Vince Davis in this category of Deacon Americas, as well as our recently deceased brother, Albert Tapp. If I may, Jim, read a letter addressed to you from the deacon board. It's with great sadness that we, the 2013 Deacon Family Ministry Board, accept your resignation. Thank you for the many years of service to your assigned deacon families. You have and continue to do an outstanding job serving God in so many ways. Thanks for being a blessing to us, the CBC family, our community, and most importantly to God. You truly exhibit and live by our mission, being the presence of Christ and serving a world in need. Jim, you're admirable and a great builder of God's kingdom, and for that we say thank you, and we'll be forever grateful. Keep up the good work, and we will continue to serve alongside you. May God continue to bless you in, your new, in new and meaningful ways. Signed, the 2013 Community Baptist Church of Deacons. Please accept this plaque as a token of our appreciation for your many years of service. Thank you. The podium is yours, if you'd like to say. Well, this was a complete surprise. Now you know why she wanted you to change. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I... uh, I'm directed most of the time by a lovely lady. I did get dressed this morning, or was going to get dressed, in a very comfortable way that I normally do. Except I was told that I wasn't going to wear that. (laughs) That we were coming to church and I was going to be doing the prayers and I, uh, I didn't put up a whole lot of fight because I did, with the dear wife that I live with has a pretty good way of directing us, as her son can tell you, grandkids can tell you, and I, and her daughter-in-law can tell you. She directs us in a lot of ways. But the one thing that she's directed us in is the good Lord. God brought her into my life. And then also the church brought more to my life. I look around and see people that have been 
they may think they're not very important, just as I'd think that I'm not that important. But you are to God. In my profession, I've taken a lot of people to the cemetery. But the thing that I always think about when I've gone is I hope that they went with him in the process. I think for that for myself and for each one of you. I thank you, each and every one, for the privilege of belonging to one of the best churches in the world. Thank you again. Deacons who are present, immediately following uh, the benediction, we'll have a group photo with Jim here at the front. Please, if you could sit around, just take about five minutes. Thank you. And please remain standing as we, uh, as we have our benediction. Thank you, Jim, for your years of service. And we are so grateful for, for you. And you're right. Everybody here is an important part of our church. Um, and we're glad to honor you today in your uh, retirement from, from being a deacon. So let us pray together. May the love of God, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and may the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forever. Amen.